so we come here today like Solomon, excited perhaps about what's next, but full of anxiety about what the world is asking of us. From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. The unknown can be anxiety-inducing, whether starting a new job, moving to an unfamiliar place, stepping into a new school year, or embarking on a fresh relationship. We may find ourselves grappling with feelings of self-doubt. Questions like, am I capable enough? Do I have what it takes? Or will I fit in? Often cloud our minds. However, we align ourselves with God's will when we approach new beginnings with an open heart and a positive outlook. Instead of focusing solely on what we may lack or fear we won't have, God wants us to focus on our unique gifts, talents, and unbounded capacity to love and serve others with a listening heart. So today, Father McGrath invites us to focus on what we can contribute and bring to new situations so we can transform our anxieties into motivation and embrace the unknown with love and generosity, opening doors to growth and fulfillment. My mother used to have a picture on her mantle along with lots of other pictures of the family. This one was of me and she loved it and I hated it. And the picture was me as a first grader on the first day of school. This is before all these postings on Instagram where you hold the chalkboard and say my first day of school. This was a terribly photographed picture my father was doing, I'm sure, as he was rushing off to work. I was in my little Catholic school uniform with my little bus driver cross tie on, and I'm standing in front of our house as the picture is taken on first day of school, and I'm positioned something like this. <laughs> holding my stomach with a look of terror and pain on my face. I'll save you the detail, but shortly after the photo was taken, I rushed back into the house to attend to some urgent business I hadn't expected that became a pattern for me going to school. I was so nervous. I had a good gig at home. My sisters and brothers would go off to school. I was the youngest. I would just sort of roam around the block and meet other kids. I was the mayor of Greenwood Avenue, if you will. And then they said, you got to go to school, you got to go to that place far away and these kids you don't know. And the anxiety of something new was there at age six or whatever I was. The anxiety of what's going to be expected of me, the anxiety of a, a new job, a, a new expectation of the world on me. And I could feel it in my body and in my heart, this anxiety this fear, this hesitation. Maybe you know it, that, that anxiety that can creep in when we might feel overwhelmed by what the world is asking of us or by the choices in front of us. What ought I do about this crucial question in my life? Often it's about a new job or a new home or a new relationship and the anxiety can creep up into our heart and occupy us so. I remember a good friend of mine who was years ahead of me in the seminary was ordained and now was celebrating his first mass. 
And he had asked me to be the master of ceremonies. And guys, when they're celebrating their first mass, often ask for someone to do that just to help keep them on track since it's the first time. Well, my friend, who was an otherwise brilliant and well-adjusted human being, was not that in the sacristy as we were preparing to go out to celebrate mass. He was a mess. He was so nervous trying to remember the parts of the Mass, and I'd say, you've been going to Mass since you were an infant. It's the same one. It just, it's just, you're there now in that seat. And we got to the opening prayer after the Gloria and all the introductory rites, and now I'm holding the sacramentary like this. He's standing there so that he can read the opening prayer, and he looks at me with his microphone on, and says, Pat, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I pointed to the prayer and said, just read this, <laughs> now. <laughs> well, it certainly inspired a lot of confidence in the congregation that their <laughs> presider had no idea what he was doing. I'm sure you've thought that occasionally here. <laughs> But that anxiety of what's expected of us or the burdens of a, a job or a relationship, we know it so well. And that context, that sense of anxiety and worry about what's being expected, you hear it, you hear it in King Solomon's conversation with God. God speaking to the new king, Solomon, the son of David and Bathsheba. Solomon, the king who has inherited this empire that his father has built. Solomon now ascending to the leadership of the chosen people, God's chosen people. And God comes to him and says, ask me for whatever you want, and I will give it to you. And notice what Solomon says. I have no idea what I'm doing. I am young. The responsibility is awesome. To be the king of this is a burden. I don't have any idea what I'm doing. And then he asks, then he makes that request. Now, it's worth pausing at this point and wondering for ourselves, what's the answer we give to that question? If God were to come to us and say, ask for whatever you want and I'll give it to you today, what would it be? and just hold it in your heart for a moment. Solomon's response is, I want an understanding heart. I want you to change me. I want you to transform me. I want you to give me an understanding heart, sometimes translated as a listening heart. I want to discern well how to serve the people, how to lead the people. Solomon, of course, in the tradition, lives on as this example of wisdom that in the living decision-making of his leadership there is a model of discernment that God clearly granted him that understanding heart and God is impressed by Solomon's request. You could have asked for all sorts of things, wealth and power and whatever else you might have wanted, but you asked for this, an understanding heart. Discernment, the word that gets applied to what Solomon becomes masterful at. Discernment, which is a word used throughout our tradition to describe what it might look like to make decisions in light of our faith. Discernment as a key practice and tool in our 
lived experience as followers of Jesus is worthy to wonder about today. In light of the anxiety, in light of the opportunity, in light of the enthusiasm and excitement we might feel for the life that lies ahead of us and what God might be inviting us to in that reality of your work, your family, our corner of the world, a hurting world, we have to make choices, we have to discern. And in our tradition, discernment is really, it's prayer. Discernment is a part of the prayerful life that we seek to lead in trying to be ever more aware of what God is inviting us to be and to do. Now, the master of discernment and held up in our tradition frequently as the patron saint of it is, you know where I'm going, St. Ignatius Loyola. <laughs> Tomorrow's his feast day, I get this one, it's a pass. But what Ignatius thought as he pondered what discernment looked like, how practically to live your faith, how to make decisions in light of the realities of the world and your faith in God, that the analog he uses or the pattern he suggests is a conversation. That discernment, the life of faith, is part of an ongoing conversation. The conversation that has been yours with God in the course of your lifetime. Remember. We're told in our tradition, in the scriptures, that God speaks the word and things are created. That God speaks the word and the word becomes flesh. And Jesus, there incarnate, shows us precisely what God is like. It's a word spoken, inviting a response. It's a conversation begun by God who spoke you into existence and me into existence. The God who, as the psalmist says, knits us in our mother's womb and sends us into this world for a purpose, speaks you to the world. It's the start of a conversation. It's the start of those prayers that percolate up in your heart and in your consciousness without any intention. The things you find yourself wondering about. The things you find yourself begging God for. The things you find yourself yelling at God for in frustration or in that anxiety or in that fear. That conversation we call prayer. That conversation of a lifetime. The conversation that is the prayer of this. Of liturgy. Of Eucharist. It's proclamation and response. It's a conversation that you and I engage in that is ultimately directed to God. We come together to pay attention to the conversation. And importantly, good conversation demands listening. A listening heart, Solomon asks for. To listen for God's voice, not in thunderous peals or in burning bushes, but to listen for God's life in your story. To pay attention, as the poet says, to God shot through all of creation. To listen for God's voice in the cry of the poor and those pushed aside. To listen to God's voice in your own lived experience and reflecting backwards on who you've been, where you've been, and what's shaped you. To listen in the course of the conversation with God. To pause, to reflect, to wonder, to daydream, to imagine with God, in conversation with God. And yes, you and I, along with some of the greatest saints and mystics, will say, but boy, God sure is quiet a lot of the time. 
We'll say there's periods of time in our life where our prayer seems to be a one-sided conversation, and so it is. But the invitation is to enter into the silence as well. Like when sitting with a friend in a tough time where words, words aren't required to simply be present to each other. When Pope John XXIII called the Second Vatican Council, when he spoke to the world, he said, we have to read the signs of the times. He wanted us to discern what God might be calling us in the signs of the time. What is God calling us to be and to do? It's a conversation, John XXIII might have said. God has spoken into the world and God continues to speak in the grandeur of God's creation, in the beauty of all of humanity, and in the voices of those most, those most forgotten. To read the signs of the times, to discern what God is calling us to. And now, in this synod movement that takes off in Rome in the next couple of months, Francis has said, the invitation of this synod is for us to become a listening church. Too often he has said, and we might agree, that the church has spoken a lot but hasn't listened too much. So Francis calls us to a new way of being church which pauses the conversation for some time of listening and attention. And we listen to the world. And we recognize the brokenness and the grace of it all. We recognize a hurting earth that is struggling because of what we've done to it and a call to be different in how we how we take those resources and share them more broadly, more carefully. We hear the cry of the poor. We hear the invitation to help our friends and neighbors, whether it's jobs in North Lawndale or it's listening to a friend in need. Because the one who is the word that has been spoken to the world has shown us the way. Because the pathway, the partner for the conversation that is your life is this Jesus the Word made flesh. And so we come here today like Solomon, excited perhaps about what's next, but full of anxiety about what the world is asking of us, or angry or questioning, or lost, or joyful, determined. However we made our way to church this morning, hear that prayer of Solomon, that conversation with God, and may his words be ours, dear Lord. Give us a listening heart. Give us hearts that discern, that recognize, that celebrate you and respond in love, in joy, in generosity. Time now for announcements and events. On August 6th, Encounter will be holding their next small group session after the 5 p.m. Mass in the Rectory. For more details, contact Brenda at brendac at oldstpats.org. The Northside Book Club, formerly Encounter Book Club, will be meeting on August 28th at 6.30 p.m. at 4736 North Lincoln Avenue. The group will be reading The Martian by Andy Weir. We hope you'll join in on reading this book and for the conversation on the 28th. The Partners Religious Education K-8 grade registration closes on August 15th. Be sure to get your submission in before the deadline. 
For all the details, please see page 9 of the most recent Crossroads publication or email Kate Brandt at family.ministry at oldstpats.org. Save the date for the 36th Emerald Ball, a fundraiser celebrating friendships, family, and faith on Friday, October 27th at the Hilton Chicago. This year, we're thrilled to be honoring Father Tom Hurley and Katie Nee Hobbs and Mike Hobbs. Tickets will go on sale at the end of August. For more info about the event or sponsorship, visit our website at oldstpats.org slash emeraldball. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The homily was originally given at the 9 a.m. Mass on Sunday, July 30th by Father Pat McGrath. For more information about all resources available, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Old St. Pat's app. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast.